I'm Michelle Sims, and this is the Beauty in the Mess, a community where people who crave a shift in mindset, personal growth, and connection to like-minded people come together to start rewriting their stories. Through engaging, honest, and insightful conversations, the show will help you embrace the mess to recognize the meanings and the lessons it holds and discover its hidden treasures to help you start making a mindset shift. Let's listen, learn, and reclaim who we were meant to be. Hi, friend. Welcome to The Beauty in the Mess. This episode is about Michelle Lutz's journey. Michelle knew that she needed to heal from childhood wounds, including moving 34 times, and the abuse she was subjected to from a narcissistic partner. She went on a healing journey so that she could fulfill her purpose in life, which is helping others heal so that they can find their purpose too. Hi, I am Michelle Sims, your host. I'm just a regular person who, along with my family, have had our fair share of messes that we too have had to overcome. Along the way, I got curious as to how others get through their messes and even triumph over them. Maybe there's a better way. Maybe there's a faster way. Maybe we can accelerate our journeys by learning from someone else. That started my pursuit. I think we can all learn from each other through the sharing of our experiences, lessons, and knowledge. Join me for episode 26 of The Beauty and the Mess called Healing to Find Your Purpose with Michelle Lutz. Michelle invested in her personal development by becoming a Jack Canfield certified success trainer, a Reiki master, a podcaster, and an author. She is also the founder of Goddess Healing Circle, where she holds retreats so she can help women entrepreneurs become a magnetic force to reignite the flame in their businesses. So without further ado, let's dive right into today's conversation. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the Beauty and the Mess. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Yes, good to see you. A long time coming. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> and a little bit of uh, coordination, hasn't it? Yes, yes. So I know you're a successful life and transformation coach now, but if you don't mind, could we go back to kind of what got you to this point in your life? What led you to become a life coach, a transformation coach? So I guess we can go back to being a salon owner for 30 years, always, you know, just really having those relationships with people and helping them to feel beautiful, not only on the outside, but on the inside too. I to be honest, have always had a feeling inside of my heart or my soul, whatever you want to call it, that there was something more I was supposed to do. Uh, it was a bit of a task, I guess you could say. Some of it, I think, just fell into place. But I knew that there were some things I wanted to change in my life and just kind of had to break everything down. So I decided to join a one-year no-beer challenge for 30 days. I ended up extending it for 90, but the changes in my life were just phenomenal. I, at that time, <laughs> was really just taking some self-care on and decided to go to Barnes & Noble the one day and ran around thinking I don't need to buy another book <laughs> because I had 10 at home that I didn't read. And I stumbled upon uh, the book, The Secret. And the first page that I opened was a verse from Jack Canfield. And I put the book down and thought, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not buying it. Well, about a minute and a half later, I stumbled across the success principles by Jack Canfield. So I was like, okay, something's telling me something. So I ended up buying the book, which is about a 500 page book. Wow. And 
I, one of the things that fell out of the book during that time was a 10 day transformation and you went online and followed the steps of different things. And I thought, well, geez, if I did this drinking challenge, I could do this. And I fell in love with the success principles and it just really spoke to my heart. And since then I am been certified as one of his trainers And so that's really what started the whole process for me. That's pretty awesome. I know you wanted to talk to us today about how trauma gets stored in our subconscious and then it affects our body. So would you want to explain that a little bit to us? Sure. So during my train the trainer, it was called with Jack, they teach you 67 different success principles. So when I really started there, you really need to niche down basically into what you're going to coach. And I had had so much trauma in in my life, my childhood, moving 34 times in 28 years and divorce. And a lot of it was just normal things, Wow! but I had so much of it. And it just really felt that I needed to heal emotionally and I had no clue where to start, (laughs) but I knew that I just had some buried emotions that were coming up in anger and frustration. And I think part of the drinking, wanting to numb myself and just trying to break away from it. And finally, I was like, okay, I really need to get to the core of what is going on. And I feel like a lot of it does stem from childhood. And then, you know, progressed into making not always so great decisions in my life. I was always an entrepreneur. I always loved to work and had that business aspect, but I just really felt that I had the confidence, but I didn't have the self-love or guess that I deserved more. I guess I lacked that. So in turn, I made some bad decisions as far as relationships and different things goes and I think the final straw was being in an emotionally abusive with a, a relationship with a narcissist that turned into some sexual abuse, a little bit of physical, but more emotional than anything. And I knew that I was better than that. So I just started this, geez, it's been almost three years, three year long journey of figuring out like what is going on. I just always felt like there was something missing or something that was irritating me all the time. So I did an emotional reset using Young Living Oils. And it was actually involving Jack Canfield and some of the different people that you know I've met along the way. So that was my first step in my journey. And there's just been so many. And now I think you end up coaching or teaching people things that you've been through. Right. And I kept fighting it and saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to teach or help people that have been in narcissistic, abusive relationships. And that's only a piece of it. I think a lot of it, you know, it's limiting beliefs, it's childhood wounds. It could stem from several things, post-traumatic syndrome. And there's a lot of different emotions that we have, but you know, what happens, there's a lot of things we go through that get stored in our subconscious or unconscious that, that we don't even realize and that's affecting us. Right. So that's what I try to really get in there and help people to get to the bottom of that. And whatever is meant to come out first is, is what comes out. So that's what you're meant to heal from first. So if somebody's listening today and they're relating to what you're saying, because I think a lot of us struggle with self-esteem, self-love, self-confidence. To me, those are the big three and <laughs> just about everything. Yeah, I agree. So if they're struggling in that area, 
what is the first step for them? I mean, I know they may need to seek help like a coach or a mentor or something, but even before they get there, what would be the first step, do you think? I think the first step in any of it is just accepting because when I tell people they need to heal emotionally, a lot of people are like very standoffish at first and, you know, like, no, I don't. They're in denial about it. And I just think we all go through things, no matter, even if your life looks perfect, there's always something that you know we've swallowed internally and we're just holding on to it. So I really do think that that is the first step is just accepting it and being truthful with yourself. And that's a tough one. That's a really hard one to swallow. What was for me anyway, you know, looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what part did you play in this? And you have to take a hundred percent responsibility in the part that you played because you can't control other people. Right. And I think you know, what I mentioned earlier is that some of this trauma can lead to physical problems that a lot of us don't realize what we are doing to our bodies. I mean, you realize you have all these health issues, but you know, maybe never grasp the connection between the physical problems and the emotional trauma that you're holding on to. So how would you advise somebody if they're having a lot of physical problems to dig deep and see if it could be coming from an emotional trauma? Or do you think that all of them come from somewhere? I do think the majority, I mean, unless it's an injury, I do feel like, I mean, that's what where disease comes from. It's dis-ease. It's caused from stress. And I think being in tune with your body, I mean, really just be still, whether it's through meditation and that's been a huge help to me, but really just paying attention to your body. Your body doesn't lie to you. I also followed Louise Hay, which I think you and I've talked about this before was heal your mind, heal your body. And she has a list of symptoms when you can go back and really say, oh my gosh, yeah, those are some of the emotions that I have right now. And she teaches you affirmations to try to reverse some of those things. But basically I think just listening to your body, paying attention, you have all the answers inside of you already. Again, it's just like breaking it down and saying, okay, let's get to this. Let's be vulnerable enough to figure all this out. Yeah. And I think that vulnerability part is very scary for a lot of people. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it feels almost like you're putting yourself through another trauma sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> On the healing modalities, you mentioned meditation. Do you recommend like a guided meditation or just like a freestyle meditation where you just think and ponder on things or what do you think is most effective I guess is what I'm asking I think everybody's different I think that it's a process when I first started to meditate because my mind never shuts off I thought oh how am I going to do this you know right and so I initially started with one of Bob Proctor's meditation. I believe it was on abundance. It was part of another challenge that we did in our Canfield group, but I started with that. And sometimes it takes 20, 30 minutes. You don't always have that amount of time. And someone had said to me once, don't make a job out of this. If you can do it for three minutes, five minutes, seven minutes, whatever, just sit and be quiet, just be still. And, you know, if your mind starts to wander off, just bring it back. But for me, I think the silent meditation or maybe even just meditative music, something that's not guided just really helps me. I think just the silent one is probably the main one to do for five minutes because you get all your answers. 
You just need to be still and be silent for a little bit. I usually do the guided kind or just listen to music, but then I just try to clear my mind and maybe I'm not listening well enough. (laughs) That could be it. (laughs) Something that I like to do, I mentioned doing the Young Living Oils and there's a lot of different oils out there, but I find theirs to be very good. And I really follow my intuition as far as to what I need. I've used different oils in the emotional reset, like surrender, release, forgiveness, abundance, valor. I mean, there's so many different favorite ones that I have, but I will actually put some in my palm and rub my hands together three times and just smell them or put them somewhere in my body. But a lot of times that that gets me a little bit deeper and helps me to release, you know, whatever I'm doing during meditation, if that makes sense. So what essential oil is good for healing? Again, I'd really just listen to what my body's telling me. If I need confidence, I'll go in and use valor. If I need maybe to calm down, I'll use the peace and calming or the stress relief. If I feel like I need to release something, I'll use release or surrender. There's so many. Frankincense is a huge one that combines a lot of the biblical oils yeah, whatever comes to my mind or when I look at my shelf and I just go, okay, well, this one's speaking to me. That's what I go with. I think your gut tells a lot of things that you need. So what other modalities, healing modalities do you think helps people release their trauma? We've talked about meditation and essential oil. Like I'm kind of getting into the hypnotherapy. It's not just hypnosis, but it's like a hypnotherapy. I'm very interested in that because it also helps people release those kind of trapped emotions, but what other modalities would you recommend? So I am a Reiki master, which is a lot of energy healing. I love that. We'll kind of show you what chakra is blocked in your body. And if it's in your solar plexus, that's in maybe your liver, you're holding on to some anger. So that tells a lot about your body too. So I, I do that and then I help to clear your chakras. The other thing that I do is it's called regenerating images and memory. It's called RIM Essentials. So I'm trained in that. That is just a guided session where I'm actually just kind of walking beside you and you're just leading it. And whatever's meant to heal or come out or you, that you're meant to release will just come out. It's all your subconscious working versus someone asking you like a direct question. It's a definitely a different new technique that I've learned in the last, oh, probably about year and a half, two years. There's so many things. I think some things work better for others, especially if they're interested in it. Trying to think what else we could go over. I did extreme things, which you know of from one of our past conversations. I did, if you want to get into this part of it, A lot of people are interested in it, but I did plant medicine, which is ayahuasca. That was definitely a journey and a half. (laughs) I think some people are afraid of ayahuasca or they have medical issues and it probably may not be an option. So it's definitely for those that are interested and can, that's great. Yeah. But that's why I like talking about a variety also, because something's going to click with somebody, right? One of these modalities will click with someone. Yeah. And a lot of people can't afford to, or like you said, medical reasons, and there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. I didn't even think of the cost. Yeah, for sure. It was a nice chunk of change. And when I was determined to heal emotionally, it really truly was, I really wanted to try everything, but, and I'm glad you brought that up, but that was one of the reasons that 
I decided to learn all these different modalities. Breath work is a great one. Yoga is a great one. And I've training in all of those. So like I said, everything speaks differently. It depends what extreme that you need to go to. But I wanted to give people options that weren't able to do some kind of plant medicine or that maybe it scares them. I mean, I was afraid. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You did it very responsibly, though. So we should say that, too. Yeah, I did. You had qualified people with you at all times. Yeah. I don't know if I could have done it in the middle of Peru and laying in a dirt floor with a shaman. I don't know. But yes, I visited a place called Rhythmia in Costa Rica and there was medical staff there. I felt very safe, but anything that you do that is unknown is a scary thing. You just don't know what to expect. Now that I've done it and kind of know what you're getting into. Right. I do feel a little bit different, but I like to give people the alternatives. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer to reach those effects that you would get with ayahuasca. You, know, you do a couple sessions or a couple journeys is what they call them. And you get 10 years of therapy or healing in a few days. Wow! So it's just something that's on fast forward, but really Reiki and the rim are two really great things that I use probably most often. And then obviously along with the oils. I don't know if a lot of people would have heard of the rim and maybe they have. I, I just know before I started talking to you, I had never heard of it, but it sounds very similar to the hypnotherapy to me because yeah. you get into a very relaxed state. And the same with the hypnotherapy, whatever is hurting you or traumatized you or whatever is usually what comes to the surface. So, and then that's what you work on. Yeah, I agree. Now I have a friend that he's a hypnotist and he's done a few sessions on me. So yeah, you're correct. It is very similar. Yeah. So what are the sessions like? You said you walk along beside him, but you're, are you asking him any prompts at all or just a few very vague prompts or how does that work? Yeah, you are asking them specific things. It can be done on the phone, same as with the Reiki. It could be done distantly. You can do it there. You can do it in person. Most people just lay with their eyes closed. And you do ask them their intention on what they would want to work on that day. Right. Sometimes it is what needs worked on. And sometimes it's like, whoa, that has nothing to do with it. Eventually it does make a full loop. Exactly. And you're like, oh, well, maybe it did have something to do with that. But yes, there are specific things that I ask you. But again, I'm just kind of walking beside you, holding your hand, if you can kind of picture that, and you're leading the session, which it's a little different than maybe going to a therapist and then asking you specific questions. It's a little bit different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty neat. I enjoy seeing the similarities in a lot of these healing modalities because, I mean, we're all trying to get to the same point, same place. Yeah, no doubt. We'll have to do one on you one day. <laughs> <We'll train. laughs> okay, and then I can report back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I'll do hypnotherapy on you someday when I get certified. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing I think in what you and I do too is getting people that have a testimony and, you know, just because sometimes that story will relate to what they're going through. Right. I think that's a huge help for people. And talking to people, it always amazes me. I mean, I've talked to people that are fearful of the energy healing, even though there's energy in everything all around us every day. There's people fearful of the hypnotherapy. What will they do? They're used to the stage 
hypnosis, which is nothing like hypnotherapy. I don't make you quack like a duck or bark <laughs> like a dog. None of that happens. So there's a lot of fear. And so I think when they hear somebody say, hey, I tried this and it worked great for me. Yeah, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I've had even several friends say to me, I don't know about this Reiki or I don't know about it's something you really just need to be open to and experience and not have a closed mind with it. I've given people incredible results that they're like, how did you know that? But like you said, that's all we are is energy, right? Everything is energy. So once people kind of educate themselves a little bit as far as that and have that open mind, I think that's a big thing. I do too. Yeah. Any kind of energy healing or anything, you could feel that release in your body, the symptoms. I mean, I know even when I was in my ayahuasca journey, having all of that, I used to get TMJ and migraines. Yeah. And once I released all that stress in there, I'll get them like I did. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the kind of stuff people need to hear is like, what's on the other side of this? What can you help? And I think a lot of times it's, you know, unless you're born with some kind of condition, or like you said, you have an injury, you know, maybe there's a chance you could cure just about anything. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I believe that. I think your diet definitely plays a part. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when your body's not getting what it needs. I mean, there's a science to all of it. It's not just one thing that you're going to do. And I think that's also a very good point to bring up is. I tell people this isn't going to be a one-time thing and you're done, that you're healed and everything's gone away. For me, it's been a three-year journey when I felt like I was done with one thing. I went on to the next. And again, I think I went extreme because I knew I would be helping other people to do this. So I really wanted to experience as much as what I possibly could. Like the name of your podcast, Beauty in the Mess. I mean, People don't want to just hear, oh, wow, she's doing great. I mean, I still have days where I struggle. I still have days that I have something come back that maybe triggers me. And obviously you have new things pop up too in your life. I mean, it's that's why it's called life. <laughs> you have different things come up. So I work on myself almost every day. I do some type of self-care, journaling. You know, there's so many simple things that you could do a gratitude journal in the evening. Like I said, even if it's a 10 to 15 minute thing, maybe doing a five minute silent meditation, using your oils and then journaling about it in meditation doesn't have to be just sitting still or listening. I mean, for some people taking a walk in nature for 20 minutes is a form of meditation. You know, whatever works for you is what you have to do. And sometimes you feel like you've completed that cycle and you need to go on to something else. If that makes any sense. I always tell people, this is a journey. This isn't going to be one thing that we're going to do. And maybe you'll have a period of time where you feel like, okay, I feel pretty good. I just explain to people that it's a journey and that different things are going to pop up. And sometimes I feel off. I mean, just because I do all these things doesn't mean I'm perfect. It just means that now I know what to do to get myself back on track again. And there's days I fight it <laughs> and I know better. And it's like, okay, hold on a minute. Let's take 15 minutes and do a five minute silent meditation. Use your oils, journal, whatever you need to do. Again, I just think that we have all the answers inside of us. We just need to be still enough and listen to these things. And whatever works for you is what you have to do. But it's kind of just doing a reset. I think it's important, something that we all should do if we can every day. 
one of my huge things is exercise. And for me, that releases a lot and it has a lot to do with your chemicals, your dopamine and all those things. But I get so much out of it. It just clears my head. It's not just about physically looking better and what it does for your body, but it's also what it does for my mind. To me, that's a form of a healing therapy for me. And when I'm not doing it, I, I don't feel right. So I think we all have to have some type of structure to our day if possible. I mean, yeah, we need breaks too, to have days to just do what we want. But for the most part, we do need some type of self-care every day, blocking off an hour to, to do these things. So oh, I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. So when you're coaching someone, I know you focus on whatever their specific issue is, but do you also incorporate that they need to be fueling their body correctly and they need to be exercising? Is that part of the coaching or is that outside of coaching? I tell people my experience with things. And yeah, I think definitely fueling your body, you know, with a good, healthy, clean diet, supplementation, exercise, again, just telling people what I went through and what I do and what works for me. Uh, Yeah. So that is part of my coaching. I think, again, it's all package. It's all part of the process. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we realize all the different facets that go into what makes us who we are or how we act or how we feel. A lot of times we don't make the connections to, oh, I'm not fueling my body correctly, or I'm not exercising, or I'm not doing something for my mental health. And as crazy as the world is today, I think that's even more important. Yeah. Just as important to do something for your mental health every day, whether that's the meditation or breath work, like you said, breath work sounds very simplistic, but it's amazing how just stopping and taking a few breaths, deep breaths can change everything. (laughs) It really does. Yeah. I've gotten into it just a little bit and I'm like, wow, I can't believe how relaxing it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's something you can easily forget to do. Exactly. My first experience with breath work was when I was in Costa Rica. It was part of the different programs that they offered. It wasn't just the ayahuasca. They did the meditation, the yoga, the breath work, but one thing they taught us is doing 108 breaths a day. Wow. Listen, it's work. <laughs> it's work. How long does that take? It's like, oh my gosh, it sounds so easy. But when you start doing it, isn't it? Wow. I mean, I had a couple of really great breakthroughs doing the breath work. Oh, really? Just giving your brain the extra oxygen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, there's a whole science to it. I'd like to dig a little bit deeper in that. I've just had a few experience with the breath work, but that is definitely something that I suggest people try. There's a couple online things that you can do. I can't remember the gentleman's name at this time, but that's when I really got on and he does different online classes. It's it's absolutely amazing. He incorporates the music and the meditation and all that stuff in with it. Yeah, that's pretty neat. How, how long does it take to do 108 breaths? <laughs> just out of curiosity. I don't even know. I want to say probably like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not terrible, but again, it's something I need to do more now that I'm talking about it. Yes. Well, you're one of the busiest people I know. So if you're blocking time for this stuff, then then the rest of us have no excuse. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I I worked on myself a lot today. But whatever it takes, whatever you have to do. Yeah, whatever helps you heal. That's the number one thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I know you and I've talked in the past about doing some different courses and some different things, something that really, and we talked about it briefly even before getting on here today, but something I feel so important that really I'm fighting my intuition. It's not something that I do, but I've had this inkling to start a goddess healing circle for women. And I'm finally going on and going to do that. But just, and a lot of it does involve versus doing a course because who wants to do another course? So so this is more of just a sacred community where people feel safe. They get to talk about what's on their brain for that period of time. But what I do is go in and teach them all these different healing modalities. So it's a really cool thing to be able to watch people go through that. So I'm very excited about that. That is me. When does that start? I'm going to start that in January. Yeah. So if you have a link or anything, we can put it in the show notes for sure. So people can reach out to you or click on the link, however you've got it set up. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Perfect. So is there anything else that's lighting you up right now that you're working on that you want to share? No, I don't think so. I've done too much as far as all these different things that I've taken on and constantly learning about. It's now time to take the action and put it all into motion. I just think that right now with everything that's going on, we all need a safe place to go to. So it's really important for me to have that unconditional love for people and the acceptance and teaching them how to heal themselves and listen to their intuition. That's my soul's purpose is to go in and help other people to do that and to go inward and just heal. Right. I think you just touched on one of the things that most of us fail to do. And that's, I mean, we do a lot of thinking about things, but we don't always take action, which if you take action, even if it's the wrong thing, it'll lead you to the right thing. Yeah. But a lot of times we stumble right there. We just think about it and do nothing. So very important. Yeah, it's true. We're always playing those games in our own head and having those limiting beliefs. And I think action gives you clarity. Right. I've definitely been in that position several times. But my biggest thing, I guess, when I started all of this is I really just found like, gosh, I just kept going back to all of those things that I felt like I needed to overcome or heal from or process and let it pass through. So just feel like until you kind of get some of those things out of the way, you know, how do you find what your passion and purpose is, you know, here on this earth? And you know, I really do believe that we all have something that we're meant to do here, that we're here for a reason. Right. And to me, I think so many people look for that in their life. And gosh, I've been so blessed to find mine. So I think I started at the beginning of the podcast and saying like, I've always had this hollow spot in my heart or my soul, my chest. And once I started to do this work with Jack Canfield and helping other people, I don't have that feeling anymore. I mean, I would jump from business to business and start this and start that. And now that I found that, I've just been so focused on that. So what a blessing to find your passion and your purpose in life. Oh, it is a blessing. Yeah. If I could help everyone to do that, it fuels your soul every day, but gives you something to be excited about and We all want that. We all want happiness and peace and fulfillment and clarity. Right. If I can give that to just one person, I've done my job. Very true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Was there anything else that you want to share with people today that we haven't touched on that we should have? I don't think so. I think we got a lot. Today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have. We've traveled around quite a bit. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And like I said, we'll put any way you want people to contact you or to, to be able to reach out to you. We'll put it in the show notes. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you very much for being here. I'm very honored to have you. Bye. Bye-bye. As we wrap up today's episode, I hope Michelle sharing her journey has helped you in some way. A couple things stood out to me throughout our conversation. I love Michelle's spirit and attitude towards healing. Do whatever it takes. I think that is a journey that many of us need to go on, but something just holds us back. And I think we have to find a way to break through that barrier just as Michelle did so that we can find what life has for us also. Secondly, I loved how she talked about many different healing modalities, but she also made a point to acknowledge just how important the food we put in our mouth is and the exercise we give our body. I don't think we can forget the importance of that regardless of whatever route we choose to pursue our healing. I also loved how Michelle said her purpose in life is helping others heal so that they can find their purpose in life too. I can't imagine a better job than that. Can you? As always, I hope this episode helps at least one person. And with that, I hope you have a blessed week, my friend. Thank you for listening to The Beauty in the Mess. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas you would like to hear about, or you think you would be a great guest on the show, you can reach me directly at thebeautyinthemess.com. Thanks for listening.